heard somebody say, Lord God, that they desire the word even more than their necessary food, Lord. We need your word, Lord God. But, oh God, we need even more than our necessary food tonight. God, we pray, God, that you would give us, oh God, a heart after you, Lord. We pray and we ask these things in Jesus' name.
in church. Uh, as I lead into what we're going to talk about, I just got a few questions. I'm going to ask some questions I want you to answer tonight. Uh, does anybody remember answering the machines? Answering the machines. Yeah. I remember when I first got the Holy Ghost. And, uh, we were getting baptized that day. And back then we didn't have cell phones. We had them on the ambulance, but we didn't personally have cell phones. It would have been a crazy price back then. And the ones we had on the ambulance were bag phones. Oh, yeah. uh, we'd use those things. They used to call, and I loved the era of voicemail, or not voicemail, but of answering machines. That was my favorite era of communication. Because somebody could call you, but if you weren't there, they could leave a message and let you know what they needed before you called them back. I mean, how many of you that was pretty nice? And uh, I remember the day I got baptized, there were some tornadoes and disaster, and my work is calling me. I did not know. I did not know they were calling. And But I had this... If I wouldn't have gotten baptized, I felt that day that would have been a disaster. So I went on and got baptized in Jesus' name. And uh, when I got home late that night, there on my voice, there on my answering machine was uh, the office calling, saying, we've had tornadoes, we need you to come in. Uh, I loved the day of answering machines. Now, probably... From a management standpoint, or a church standpoint even, it might not have been the greatest uh, era of communication because you would have left a lot of uh, messages. Hey, brother so-and-so, this is Pastor C, you know, uh, that kind of thing. But it brings me to thinking about today. How many have children? How many have grandchildren? How many have great-grandchildren? All right. So, so with that, having in this generation, especially those that have grandchildren or great-grandchildren, all right, answering machines don't work anymore. They don't even know what they are. <laughs> and, and, and so what is the preferred method of communication for your great-grandchildren? Text. How many like to text? Raise your hand. That's your, that's your preferred method of communication. If you call me, sometimes I'll text, but often if you call me, or if you text me, you know what I'm going to do. I'm going to turn around, and I'm going to press dial, and I'm going to call. Now, that, that's not necessarily a positive thing. And, and not when I'm trying to take this message of hope and love and peace and communicate with another generation this message. So me who misses the day of answering machines, now I couldn't imagine working in that same job and they could get in touch with me whenever they wanted to. And at a moment's notice and a beckoning call, I would have had to have gone in before. I, that would have been awful. It would have probably been good for them, but I would have never had an off day um, if, if they could have gotten me to come in whenever they wanted me. Could have gotten in touch. But I realize, from that I'm saying, I personally realize I'm getting older. I'm nothing wrong. I'm, I'm not saying I'm getting old. I'm just saying I'm getting older. And therefore, I have to kind of get my own self out of a few boxes that I'm in in order to, to probably, and it'll probably be something besides texting by the time my granddaughter gets to the age that we're regularly communicating. But I want to communicate with her. I don't want to be speaking to her in Spanish and she only understands English. And if I don't, 
you know, I got big thumbs. That's why I don't like texting. You see these things? You know what they do on text? They, they put all kinds of misspelled words in there. And so I end up texting, and I get like a paragraph written, and I have to back it up and respell about three words. And by that time, my bubbly, big, fat fingers have messed up that sentence, and I have to go back and retext another. And, and so my, but as my grandchild is getting older, and it gets to the point, if I call her, she's probably going to turn around and text me and say, what do you need? <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> What's up? And, and, and uh, what you need? What, you know, what, do you need something? Because that is the preferred communication. So we have to kind of get to where we're thinking, okay, am I going to be hard-headed? You know, because the older we get, the more hard-headed we get. Can I get an amen? amen. I mean, anybody, anybody. Amen. Older we get most of the time, the more set in our ways we get. It's good. I've noticed in the last few years, I've tried to reverse that lately. But my family would refer to me at times as being cranky or grumpy. Anybody else? Because, I don't know, it just happens. I don't know if it's in your 50s, something happens. And I, I've had to get control on it because I recognized it. I even would say, I'm cranky. <laughs> uh, I'm cranky today. I'm having, uh, it, it, that's not an excuse to do that. That's just what happens sometimes with age. And I look back to my grandparents and I see myself developing into uh, some of the habits that they have, and for my parents, I'm not saying that. So, so with that, in order to reach this next generation, we're going to have to make sure that, in order for us to reach our potential, we have to allow our ceiling to be lifted higher. To go further, we have to be willing to make some changes in our own personal life. Answering machines are no longer, I'm guessing, are no longer at Walmart. You can't go out and buy one. It's not going to work. What do you have to do? You got to text. It's, it, it, is, it is probably the preferred method of communication, even though my fat fingers don't like it. But I have learned this one cool thing. I learned this one cool thing, and that is I have learned when I remember it, Get some things too. When I remember it, uh, I use that voice to text. Anybody use that? Now that's pretty great. That's pretty great. I mean, maybe that's the. And, and, and if my voice to text isn't working, I'll just record some long conversation instead of typing it all. <laughs> I don't know if that's the same or as effective, but hey, uh, I'm a 1987 graduate living in a 2000. And and 24 world, right? So, so, and so with that, what I want to talk to you about tonight is I, I spent some late hours and some early morning. Now, I'm cool with when God wakes me up early in the morning, and I'm all right when he keeps me up late at night. But this one, he woke me up late at night, and then the next morning... He wakes me up early as well. It was like midnight to two and then like waking me up again at 5 a.m. And I'm like, okay, God. But, but he was dealing with me on some things. And I felt what he was impressing on me was a direction that, a journey that he desires for me to go on. And uh, with, with where do you fit month coming in, I, I was praying today, and, and what I decided is with Where Do You Fit Month coming up in March is what I wanted to do is to reflect this journey that I'm on with you. And, uh, and as I travel down this road, I hope that each of you travel down this road with me for the next month. And the subject that God dealt with me about I'm not sure if we've got it up there, but the subject that God dealt with me about is broad-spectrum leadership. Broad-spectrum 
leadership. And when you, and when you give broad spectrum antibiotics, you're reaching multiple organisms. You're, you're trying to widen your net. You're not going at a single direction, but it's more, instead of like taking a rifle, it's more like taking a shotgun. And you're getting a spray. You're getting a spread. And what I feel like I want to talk is broad spectrum leadership uh, tonight. And I believe that's where God is wanting us to go as leaders. So with that, let's call on the name of the Lord in prayer. I'm going to ask Dr. Parks if he will lead us in prayer tonight. Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord God. We thank you for being who you are in our lives, Lord Jesus. Let us be moldable, Lord God. Speak to our hearts and our minds and our souls change, O oh Lord Jesus. As we begin this journey tonight, Lord Jesus, O oh God, let our ears be open to your word. Guide our steps, O oh Lord Jesus. Let us, O oh Lord, depend more on you, O oh God, to give us direction, to give us peace, to give us joy, love, and comfort that only comes by your spirit. We ask, O oh God, that you begin to speak to our pastor, anoint him, anoint his words, O oh Lord God. Touch his mind and his heart to give us what you would have him to give us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. So leadership and uh, in, in this broad spectrum leadership that God is dealing with me about. Now, and I want to portray that over the coming month. I feel like it fits with where you fit, and I believe that's the journey the Lord wants us on at this time. So, first of all, the genesis of modern leadership. Modern leadership. Leadership like we have it today in many of the churches that we have it today. Not always, but the, the genesis of that can probably be found thousands of years ago in the greatest book of all time. All the way back in Genesis 18 with one, what I would consider one of the greatest leaders that uh, has been one of the greatest leaders that has been. Anybody know his name? Moses. Moses. And, uh, and so the genesis of leadership we actually find in Exodus and we find it through the life of Moses uh, who was a great leader. And I believe, how many, how many others in here believe Moses was, you don't have to agree, but Moses was one of the greatest leaders that we find. And, and, and he had, we were able to learn about leadership from Moses, one of the greatest leaders. Now, as I ask you the question, how many raise their hand if you believe Moses is one of, one of the greatest leaders of all time, right? Now, as I ask you that, in, in that question, I want you to keep that in your thought that he was one of the greatest leaders. Now I want to ask you another question. Was Moses one of the greatest leaders? And you raised your hand. But just because, the next question, just because someone is a great leader, does it make them a great leader to everyone they lead? Can't please everybody. Strength and weaknesses. Absolutely. And, and just because someone's a great leader doesn't make them a great leader to everyone. David Bernard, I, and, and if you notice the books up here, this is, this is the journey we're going to go down. And, and I want to try. I'm not going to take one of these books. It, it, all of them would be great books just to come and, and on Tuesday nights or on Sunday and say, this is what we're going to learn. And we go through the book and, and we become better. But this is just kind of a conundrum of books that I have uh, that I have said are some of my favorite on leadership, and I probably need to even get some new ones. Albeit I believe one of them is a new one uh, to learn about leadership, and I want to take something each time nugget from some of these books so that we can learn to become better leaders. Did you know that each and every one of you are a leader? First of all, you've got to settle that question. And the answer is, yes, you are, or yes, you will be. Yes, you are, or yes, you will be. And with that, uh, David Bernard gives five traits of an effective leader in his book, Spiritual Leadership in the 21st Century. Five traits. Now, does anybody know what those five traits are? 
you do? What's the first one? First and foremost, the most important thing is spirituality. Where are you going to lead somebody if you have no spirituality? If you have no spiritual life, if you don't pray, where are you going to lead somebody? What's going to happen? The blind leads the blind. What happens to them all? They all fall into a ditch. So with that, what we've got to realize is we, spirituality is first in our leadership. Each and every one of you are leaders. And in your leadership, spirituality is first. Second is servant. You've got to have a servant's heart. You've got, no matter, no matter where you go in leadership, you still got to serve. I've watched some of our leaders in here that have grown. But I also watch them as they still pick up a piece of paper. As they still will grab a mop and mop up a spot. They'll still wipe off the counter. Why? Because they're servant leaders. They're servant leaders. And that's what makes them good leaders. The third one is faithfulness. Now that, that's the one I really wanted to focus on for just a minute. Leadership. The fourth one ability. Is ability important in leadership? If you are leading a class on motorcycle maintenance and you have never looked at a motorcycle before, you know, would, would Sister Banks be the ideal candidate? If she'd be the ideal candidate if we were talking about how to teach uh, a, a, a young person a, a subject, right? And she's She's got ability there, but would she be the one you would go to about how to repair your motorcycle? And she goes, well, first of all, take this wire and pull it off and then put this wire on and then what I want you to do next, take this little computer you bought at Harbor Freight and plug it in and see what the codes are and take the code. So, so you got to have ability, right? Ability is necessary. And then the fifth thing, what is the fifth thing that Dr. Bernard tells us we need? Discipline. Discipline. The leader has to be disciplined. But the one I really wanted to focus on was, this stood out to me, faithfulness. He said, it's more important than ability. To be faithful means to be responsible, dependable, trustworthy, loyal, truthful, and dedicated. People can, listen, people can be trained and can improve in many aspects of leadership. Sister Banks can go to class on Monday nights for the next 24 months and study for four hours a night and, and take and tinker with the motorcycles in the motorcycle class. And I guarantee you she can come in here and she can teach you how to maintain your motorcycle because she can develop Ability. Ability is something you can develop. But faithfulness is not necessarily something that you're going to develop. It's something that's got to be in you. Or you've got to allow it to saturate your life. So faithfulness means to be responsible, dependable, trustworthy, loyal, truthful, and dedicated. I mean, have you ever met people that aren't truthful? You know, I remember the one guy that used to be good friends with, but everybody at work always says he's lying about everything. What, what is he lying about? It doesn't matter. The one way you know he's lying is if his mouth is open. And, and, and that was, I'm not saying I, I, I believe some of the things he said, so, but that's just the reputation he had. So, so as a leader, it's important to be trustworthy, right? And, and that you tell the truth. And, uh, and, and so with that, he goes on, people can be trained and can improve in many aspects of leadership, but great ability cannot compensate. And, and that's against great ability cannot compensate for unfaithfulness. Leaders are stewards, and it is required in stewards that one be found faithful, according to 1 Corinthians 4 and 2. They must be faithful stewards of God's word, God's spirit, God's people, and God's money. 
as well as their own calling, own gifts, own time, own energy, and resources. Not everyone can be best in a certain activity, and not everyone will be a high achiever, but everyone, everyone can be faithful. Praise God. In the end, faithfulness is what is most important. The fruit of the Spirit includes faith, which in context encompasses faithfulness in Galatians 5 and 22. Now, as we look there, I want us to, to now, we're talking, what are we talking about? Anybody remember the title? Leadership. Leadership, specifically. I heard it over here. Broad spectrum leadership. So we're trying to not narrow down our leadership, but we're trying to do what? <coughs> Widen our net of leadership. We're trying to not just be a great military leader, or a great church leader, but we're trying to become a great leader in all aspects of our life and in all places that we go, among all people that we meet, and we that is what we need to do. So in, in, in Exodus 18, we'll go to Exodus for the Genesis. What's the Genesis mean? Beginning. beginning. For the beginning of modern-day leadership. In modern-day leadership... Uh, 18, it says in verse 13. Now, before this, understand what's happened. What has happened is Moses has delivered the people of God out of, he's been the leader, and he has led them from Egypt. He has seen uh, rods turn into snakes, picked them back up, and then rods again. He's, went, he's seen the Red Sea parted in two as you know what's estimated of over a million people walked across on dry ground he's faced an entire Egyptian army without an army of his own and, and, and he's watched as God did all these things in his time of leadership as he's leading the people of God and now his father-in-law here here they are in the wilderness and his father-in-law Jethro decides he's been gone a long time been gone a long time and so what's Jethro do he grabs Moses's wife and his children and he goes and he finds him right and and he's starting to talk to him about his wife and children Moses says well, let me tell you what's been happening. You know, have you ever been in the midst of a battle? In the midst of, uh, you know, a war of life? Just a lot of things going on. You're really working hard. You know, uh, I, I think some of our guys right now are in Baxley at the power plant. And I've even met people that they've been on this shutdown. It's like 12 hours a day and 14 for some of them. And they're driving an hour, over an hour to Baxley, working a 12-hour shift, and coming back. It's kind of in a battle, right? Kind of in this, uh, in, in this mindset of having to get through this. We've got some of our, uh, some of our soldiers that are overseas right now deployed. They're, they're in a personal battle to some degree. And here Moses has been in this battle. I mean, he has led all these people out of Egypt, and now. His father-in-law brings his wife and his children, basically, and says, Hey, man, do you forget about them? <laughs> Moses' response was, Hey, man, check this out. And it came to pass on the morrow that Moses sat to judge the people. You watching this, Jethro? And the people stood by Moses from the morning until the evening. And when Moses' father-in-law saw all that he did to the people, he said, What is this thing that thou doest to the people? Why do you sit alone? And all the people stand by thee from morning until evening. Moses said unto his father-in-law, Because the people come to me to inquire of God, what do you expect me to do? Right? And they're inquiring. I'm going to give that to them. And when they have a matter, they come to me, and I judge between one and another, and I do make them to know the statutes of God and his laws. And Moses' father-in-law said unto him, The thing that thou doest, 
You ever had somebody come when you're in the middle of a battle? You're in the middle of a shutdown. You're in the middle of dealing with a deployment. And somebody comes to give you advice that hasn't been in that battle. And your mind said they, they don't they have not dealt with what you're dealing with, right? And that's what Moses is telling Jethro is, hey man, here's what's going on every day. And this is happening. And you're telling me I need to focus on my marriage? My marriage ought to be strong enough to get me through this battle, right? You're telling me I need to go throw pitch with my kids? That's what you're trying to say? And come with me for a day and see what I do. Amen. <laughs> see what I deal with. Some of the moms are laughing. <laughs> yeah, come with me for a day. <laughs> see how quick you go back to work. <laughs> no amens on that. And, uh, it, it, and so it, he tells him it's not a good thing. You're not doing good. Have you ever been rebuked before? I, mean, I, I know we don't like that word, right? That's not a cool word in 2024. But it's a scriptural word. And, and basically that's what Jethro is doing to Moses. He's rebuking him. And, and here is this leader of millions. And and this father-in-law of his, you know, that's got some sheep and got family and got stuff is stepping in and trying to tell him what he ought to be doing. And he looks at him and he, as Moses is just grinding, you know, in, in my mindset, grinding his fingers to the bone, just working daylight till dark, not getting much sleep, getting up and doing it again. And just, you know, uh, just pouring out everything that he's got, he's given it. And this guy's going to come in from the outside and tell him he's not doing good. How would you feel about that? You know, when we read the Bible, we're like, oh, yeah, I would respond just like Moses. Uh, I would take that. And, yes, if I am not doing something right, I, I, want, I want my elders to come to me and tell me I'm not doing right. And I will listen. I will let them step on my toes. Elders, you know, I'll, I'll, right? And then when we get our toes stepped on, how do we respond? Not necessarily quite so pleasant when it lands on our front door, is it? And, uh, and, and so here's Jethro tells him he's not doing a good thing. And, and, and so here's one of the greatest leaders that you all said that, or most of you, 75% of people raised their hand when I said he was one of the greatest leaders of all time. And... and Many of you raised your hand. He's one of the greatest leaders. And, and so we all agreed on that. And then my next question was, do you also agree that somebody could be one of the greatest leaders of all time and still not be a great leader to some people that they lead? And that answer is yes, because we somewhat see it right here. Here's one of the greatest leaders in history. He's leading millions out of Egypt toward the promised land. He's taking on an Egyptian army. He's dealing with floods and two million people. And what are we going to do? This army's chasing us and there's raging seas in front of us. I don't know what to do. I'm going to listen to God. God tells me to lift my, my he's probably telling Jethro this, man, I just lifted that rod up and all of a sudden the seas parted. You know, God is with me. I must be doing something right for the Lord of glory to be following me and leading me and making all these miracles happen. And here is one of the greatest leaders and Jethro steps in and gives him a rebuke. And do you want to know what makes Moses one of the greatest leaders of all the time? He listened to the rebuke. And he changed his way. He listened to counsel. And he changed. A good leader will only become a great leader. A good leader will only become a great leader when he allows assessment and rebuke. We must be willing to listen to others. We must be willing to listen to our elders. 
There is safety in a multitude of counsel, the scripture says. And then Maxwell, one of the one of the top writers and teachers on leadership in the past 30, 40 years, in one of his books said, change your thinking and change your life. Change your thinking and change your life. The only way that we are going to lift our ceiling of what God wants to do in our life, whether that's on our job, whether that's in our church, whether that's with our family, that's with our neighbors in our neighborhood. The only way you're going to become mayor of your neighborhood. Nobody's ever had a mayor in your neighborhood. You know the person you call a mayor. No? Okay. But we had a mayor in our neighborhood when it started up. And he's just the guy that took charge. Right? And, and just assumed it's what everybody wanted and yeah, y'all never had nobody. Anybody ever had a mayor? Like an HOA? Well, somebody that assumes they're over there HOA, not necessarily. You know what I'm talking about. And they'll throw the rules out. The mayor. The only way you're going to rise and fall, rise in leadership and raise your level of leadership and your ceiling is going to go up is you've got to be willing to listen and you've got to be willing to change. Change your thinking. Change your life. Change your thinking. But first. We've got to realize we personally need change. We personally need change. We can't just continue to think, I'm good. This got me this far. That doesn't mean it's going to take you down the next path. It doesn't mean it. Just because it's got you this far doesn't mean it's going to get you through the next door that God's got for your life. So with that, I've got to be willing to work on me. We must be, we must be willing to allow God to put us back on the potter's wheel and form us and mold us again because into becoming what God wants us to become. So God was dealing with me. And you're on this journey with me for the next month. And if you want to be. God was dealing with me, waking me up at midnight, keeping me up till two, waking me up again at five, dealing with me about me. Not about you, not about anybody else. He was dealing with me about me and and with that I realized I needed to be put on the potter's wheel. I needed to be put on the potter's wheel. Moses is a great leader. Moses had seen miracles. Rods turning to snakes. Leading not one, two, three, or four. Leading not 100, 200, 300, or 400. But leading Possibly well over a million is, is how many this man led. And yet, Jethro has to bring his wife, children, has to bring them up, present them to him, telling him it's been a long time since you've been a husband. You've been a great leader, but you haven't been a great husband. You haven't been a great dad. And uh, a great leader can be a great leader in the eyes of many. But there will be some who feel left out within the leader's life, feel less important. And therefore, in their eyes, that great leader to a million may not be a great leader to that one. Broad spectrum leadership. Us trying to cover more areas of our life with great leadership. Not just being great leadership in the church, but being great leadership at home. Not just being great leadership at work, but being great at leadership in the church. Broad spectrum leadership, becoming a great leader, not just at home or not just at play or not just at work, but in all areas. Leadership's a major part of our life. Early on in ministry, I studied a lot of leadership. I, I've read books about leadership. How many of our other, uh, how many have read a lot of books on leadership, especially any of our ministerial staff? How many have read your fair share of leadership books and how to be a better leader, how to be a more effective leader? I've attended leadership training sessions that were amazing, and I've applied leadership principles to my life, and only to later have slight a condescending attitude toward leadership books and 
I saw the general conference. I was at this year's general conference. And, uh, and I was at the previous year's. And I walked over to the section that was the new book section. And I became a little miffed. Because over half the books I went to, guess what subject they were on? Leadership. I was looking for revelation. I, I was wanting a, a book by book new study relating what's going on in today's times to the book of Revelation. I was looking for that book. And I was looking for a commentary on Ephesians because my mindset was the word. I want the word. And I kept going up to the book and it was like leadership in the 21st century. Becoming an effective leader. And, and I'm like, where's my word books? And so I had a slight attitude at the table that day at General Conference, which is supposed to be spiritual. Anybody ever thought like that? I, I wanted my homiletics. I wanted my hermeneutics. I was looking for those things. I, I, I was looking for training, and yet within the pages of all of these leadership books, or most of them were scripture, were revelation, were growth, commentary, hermeneutics, and even homiletics, and things that I needed to apply to my life because what I have realized in the last few days is I thought I had reached my ceiling. But then I realized God was raising my ceiling. And the pathway to raising my ceiling was raising my awareness and my ability to lead. And my ability to become a more broad spectrum leader, not a narrow focused leader. Hallelujah. So, while it took me on the journey, that night... I think I felt like, or that morning, I believe when I got the revelation of what, you know, that, that 12 to 2 was God telling me about, oh, that's good, that's good, that's good. And, but that 5 a.m. wake up call was God saying, you know, you really haven't been effective in this area. You know, you've kind of left some things out right here. You know, in this area of your life, maybe you have some lack. And so I kind of felt like Moses when Jethro said, you've been working, you know, I'm sitting there, I've been working my fingers for the bone, and I've been at this, and I've been at this, and I'm trying to go here, and trying to do this, and trying to do this, God, driving here, all, all, all this, and, 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 and God's like, what you're doing is not good. Not good enough. So guess what? I pulled all my leadership books off my shelf. Pulled them out. Those things I tucked away for years because I wanted more revelation and I wanted more commentary. And I just stuffed them away and God's like, you've got to grow in this area. You've got to grow in this area. I felt what Moses felt when Jethro told him, the thing that thou doest is not good. Yikes. Ouch. Anybody ever been there with God? If you haven't, that might be your voice, not his, we're always listening to. You know, people, I heard the voice of God. Yeah, but if that voice sometimes doesn't correct us and only always tells us we're doing a great job, that might be our own voice we're listening to. I want to hear from God. Perhaps, and this, this is what I think Jethro was trying to tell Moses. You've spent time leading this great church. You've spent time leading this great people. And, and, and you've done great. But it took away from your role as a husband. Amen. Did you go back? And make sure your wife knew when you were taking all this time away from her 
that she was still important and mattered. And all this time, Moses, that you're listening to these people from daylight till dark as they tell you all of their problems and, and pour all their stuff into you. Did you go back one afternoon a week, grab the ball glove and the baseball and the kid or the kids and go out? Moses, did you play pitch? Or did you crawl down in the floor? As a grandparent, we do these things when we're around our grandkids. And play with your granddaughter's dollhouse. I would have never done that as a dad. I hate, I hate to admit that. I just didn't. I, I should have. I feel bad. But as a granddad, when my little grandbaby looked up at me and said, will you get down here and play with this house? You stop, drop, and roll. Amen. Yes, ma'am. We'll do that. Did you get a promotion at work? But you put so much into that promotion you were getting at work that you got a demotion in your wife or your children's eyes or your husband in your children's eyes or the department you lead in your church's eyes because you had so much emphasis. I'm not saying you can't lead in these areas and it's just, but you've got to, if you're going to lead in these things, you need to be a broad spectrum leader and you need to be able to focus on an emphasis in those important areas of your life because I don't want to be known as this great leader among a million and yet, somebody who's very important and close to me doesn't think I'm a very good leader at all. Think about that for a minute. So, I can keep going, but I think anybody letting that absorb just a little bit? Hallelujah. So, as you, as you pour into people, as your mentor at the church. You should be. We need you. And as you're a leader of your department or of your ministry, of whatever you do, and as you go into the highways and byways and compel them to come, what I'm, I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. You should. What I'm saying is we've got to be the broad spectrum leader. We've got to put some emphasis on, we've got to make sure, if we're going to do all these things, I've got to make sure that there are not left outs in my life. I've got to make sure there's not left outs in my life, especially some of the people that are closest to me, especially with the people that are going to be in charge of either keeping me at home or putting me in a nursing home one day. That's what my wife always used to tell my mother. I'm just going to put you in a nursing home. <laughs> it was a cut up joke they had. <laughs> what impression does your leadership make? First of all, who's a leader in here? Something. If I don't see you raise your hand, I'm going to call on you and I'm going to show you very quickly where you were a leader. Who's a leader in here? All right. All right, I don't see a hand in the back. Okay, all right, there we go. <laughs> you are all leaders in some area of your life. And you lead others. And I believe I want you to join me on this journey for the next month. As we go into Where Do You Fit Month. And we're getting people connected. And we're getting people involved. As they become involved, they become leaders of something. And it's important, I believe, for us to take this journey together and to truly lift everyone's ceiling of the leader that you are and become the leader that God wants you to be. And so I've got my books, 
and I'm going to have some scripture and I'm going to have some spiritual things that God deals with me about and has dealt with me about. I'm going to bring some people in that are uh, leadership gurus and they're going to talk to us this month a few times. And I believe that we can allow God, not from a single book, not from a single session, not from one single meeting, but I believe over the next month we can allow God to raise that threshold for us so that we can walk through that door, that next door that God has for our life, that open door that's before us. When we walk through it, we will walk through that prepared and ready for what God is doing, raising your ceiling. And with that, what we're going to do is we're going to become a better leader, but not just a better leader. We're going to become a better mom, a better dad. And, and don't, don't sit here with regret as I'm going through this and think, man, I sure did mess up five years ago or ten years ago. We're not talking about the past. The past is in the past. What we're talking about is what can we do now? And how can we change now moving forward? Don't, don't sit there and beat yourself up about what you didn't do. But may say, you know what, God, let that be your prayer tonight. God, I know I've got some deficiencies. Search me and find those deficiencies and reveal them to me so I can change me. Because if I can change, I'll never change me if I don't realize I have a problem. I'll never change me if I don't realize I have a deficiency. I'll think I'm good and I'll leave me alone. But if I realize there's areas here I could probably work on, you know, and we'll have some classes on uh, love languages and, and maybe, or I'm, I'm just throwing some things out there, personalities and things like that, and understanding those things, understanding our children as we go along. And, and, and I believe we'll become better leaders, better parents, better friends, better co it's important to become better friends, better co-workers, and, and better neighbors. But I want you to go home tonight, and what I want you to do is I want you to evaluate over the next few days. What about me? Not where Brother Parks or Brother Sheldon is. I'm not going to evaluate me if I'm looking at them. Oh, yeah, they should have been listening to Pastor Man. You know who wasn't here? They only call them when I get home and tell them. They need to go back and listen to that service online. So if we go, hey, hey, you need to watch that. I think it will apply to your life. said it, change your thinking, change your life. But you got to change your thinking first. If you think you're good, you're probably not ready for this journey. But if you know you're not, why don't we see what God's going to develop over the next 30 days? Why don't we watch where God is going to take us? Because I believe what he's going to do among you in the next 30 days is going to impact the next 30 years. Would you stand with me tonight? Could we call on the name of the Lord together? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you just lift your hand, God? Help me to do a self-inventory evaluation, not looking at anyone else. Let me evaluate me. Let me work on me. And God, as all of these tools and applications come forth over the next 30 days, God, fine-tune me. God, tweak me. Tighten up some bolts that from working and moving forward maybe have rattled a little loose in my life. And God, allow me to see my weaknesses. Allow me to see... The things that I don't do right, God, allow me to notice and become that broad spectrum leader. God, allow me to, to be able to not not do what you've called me to do and have been doing, but God, to be more broad spectrum and fo focus on the things I've left out and make, make an actual plan 
purpose it in my life to lead in those areas as well. God, I pray that you do this through our church. I pray that you take us on a journey this next month. I pray, God, that as we desire to fit, as we desire to belong, as we desire to do your will, as we desire to find our place in your kingdom, not only that, God, but meet our desire for personal growth, for spiritual growth, for leadership, becoming that person you've called us to be, becoming that leader you've called us to be. Oh, God, so that I know, Lord Jesus, the places that you are going to take us, the doors that you're going to open, and the ceiling, God, that you are going to raise. In the name of Jesus, could you lift your hands and praise right now? Just lift your voices for a moment. Just cry out to him. We'll thank you, Lord Jesus. to the streets and um, encourage those um, encourage one another keep one another sharp so but praise the Lord for our announcements uh, please do not forget we have this week we have our um, yesterday um, we have our see, uh, prayer tomorrow evening on um, our service call that's at um, 6:30 we have our spiritual warfare Bible study um, Definitely, the remainder of the week, please do not forget that we do have our um, Life Connects group meeting. We're just going to, I just had a paper I had to give y'all this evening, and we'll just meet over here as soon as we're done for our people who had came to the, uh, the last meeting, and also for those who want to be a part, who want to be hosts, you know, open up your home so that somebody that is doing one of our interest-based groups or doing one of our spiritual um, growth groups, you know, hey, it's a blessing to have someone come into your home and have fellowship at, at your home. You know, that's how I got a lot of my, my Bible. Before I stepped foot in the church, you know, on a routine, it was always at my house when we were in Hawaii. So um, um, it definitely would bring blessing to your house, um, the prayers of the saints and all that. And just the fellowship there it keeps the enemy away. <laughs> so, but um, 
Please do not forget also we have a baby dedication. If we have anybody whose children need to be dedicated, pass the word, especially to some of our, um, some of our saints who's been here for a while, they have younger children or whatever, make sure that we dedicate our children. It's for, it's, it's for our children, but it's also to call who to charge. It calls the parents to charge it, to the grandparents and all of those around us, and the church, that we are a part, all right? The community of raising our children. Um, and Life Kids is still accepting donations, all right? So they do take moolah, dinero, um, denari, uh, whatever you have, we do take it, all right? So um, we'll take it, we'll, we'll, we'll pastor get Sister Rhoda to go exchange it. You just bring it on in so we can go ahead and get the plastic eggs and candy and all that for our kids so we can hype them up and send them home with their parents, all right? All right, praise the Lord. Well, as we're all standing, um, once again, um, keep, please do remember, um, Saturday we will be having a going home service for Brother Chris Dixon. So make sure you come out. Um, um, Sheldon's, yep, uh, Sheldon and Sister Joy, they'll be laying with Brother Dixon the rest. So we definitely want to make sure um, that we come out, support them, love them, and um, strengthen them, pray for them, keep them encouraged, all right? And I think that is it. Anything I missed? Yes, sir. What's going on, brother? Uh, I just want to say something if I could before everybody leaves. Yes. Is that okay? Yes, go ahead. Uh, this, this afternoon, I was getting ready to work. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't need it. I don't need it all day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so some coach, so I don't yeah. need it. But uh, I was talking, you know, just getting dressed. Normal routine, normal thing, but it just dawned on me how important we are to God. And I went back all the way to my childhood, mm -hmm. and I just remember the things I used to do as a kid. And I remember he said, I put that in. And, you know, I kept asking God about a job and making more money. And he said, you already have most of the things that we have. You yeah. just have to put it to you. And I've seen it come to pass in different areas and stuff like that, but it just made it plain, you know, when I'm able to, I do Walmart delivery. I have my normal job. And I coach kids, you know, I train children, you know, I had my, my training session on Saturday. And it just, you know, it's not in like high demand right now, but it's getting me to a point where it's going to be in high demand because you already have what you need in here. You just have to put it out there. It's like a lot of times we're talking to God and we're asking him for this and for that. You already have it. You know, like the pastor was talking about God taking us to higher heights. That higher height has already been set. You're the one who has to go up that mountain to where it's at. You know, so... That's all I wanted to say. It just really touched me because nobody can see into me like I can see into me. Because you can go back and look at my childhood. I used to draw on t-shirts, you know, and you know, the NBA style. I made a jersey out of thermos, you know, and they laughed and thought it was funny and stuff like that. I made an original replica of the Orlando Magic jersey. It looked exactly like the one you played. But I'm just like, the stuff that they do that I can do with my brain, you know, and I see things differently than people do. That's something that God put in it, or in me. I don't know about you. <laughs> well, good, good word. You know, it's amazing because, yeah, come on, come on. Definitely true. But the word says that we're made in God's image, and God is the creator of all things. And you might have animals that might be able to fashion things and put them together, but only man is a true creator, able to break things down and change change things into what it needs to be, you know, and recognize that it's a change. But we are made in the image of God, and each and every one of us are precious in God's eyes. And just as pastor say, all of us are great leaders, and uh, we have a small part, no matter how small or how big, you are important to the community, to the body of Christ, to the kingdom. 
and even more so to Jesus Christ. He loves each and every one of us. There's no voice without, no, no person without a voice. Well, Lord Jesus, Heavenly Father, we are thankful, Lord, for your blessings, for the word that you have given us this evening, Lord, the encouragement, the strength, Lord, the teaching, Lord, hallelujah, that pastor has given us, Lord, to call us out, Lord, as we are leaders, Lord, in our community, leaders in our church, leaders in our places of work and our homes. We pray, Lord, this evening as we go on our way, Lord, that you would continue to let us walk in your light, Lord Jesus, hallelujah, to work unto perfection, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We praise you. We ask that you would bless this offering that we're about to give and bless those that are here and online. And we give thanks and honor and glory to the God that knows all, is all, and loves all. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. God bless. Go with God. And uh, we will see y'all later on in the week. Uh, right over here in the corner. Matter of fact, let me put it over here in a minister's meeting area. Where <laughs> the minister sit at just so we can meet. So I can pass these papers out. And then y'all can go ahead and go on your way. <laughs>